On this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, AJ Dillon Hype Train is speeding away, Stefan Diggs finally does something, and Kirk Cousins, what's the deal with his dynasty value? Stay tuned. Welcome to Tale of Two Rivals. Our fantasy football podcast put on by your three P. Go with your gut. All I do is win, 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 no matter what champion. And a numbers of said spreadsheet loving nerd who was definitely not taking me down in the T O T R listener league to bring you some sort of consensus. Hey, buddy. Wow, Todd, I was going to give you a compliment of how nice of an intro that was. I really liked uh, the tone, the and how long you held it for, but then, uh, look, Todd, the Lithuanian contingent of Tales of Rivals is getting sick of you touting your championships. So they're, they're done with it, man. They're, they're like, all right, let's let the season play out. You, you can't always just hang on your laurels forever, Todd. This has been like, it, it's time, man. Like, you're, you're facing some adversity here in, in the season. There's a couple of juggernauts, and uh, we'll see how this is going to go. A couple juggernauts? Who are the juggernauts? Basically, the player who wasn't very good a couple years ago. <laughs> sad, sad. <laughs> That's great. So I'm so glad you dropped the Lithuania part. Is I walked into uh, one of my coworkers' math class. It's like a it was like an AP Calc class. Like 18 kids. He stops the whole class, starts clapping. He goes. A Lithuanian legend has walked into the room. The number three podcast in Lithuania. And I was like, relax. Number two fantasy football podcast in Lithuania. Ugh, so There we go, baby. There we go. It was funny. And the kids are like, really? I go, yeah, we're blowing up in the Balkans, baby. So uh, that's how we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You ready for the question of the day, buddy? I am ready for the question of the day, man. I, I'm excited for it. Uh, brings back some good memories. Dave, what is the greatest prank you have ever pulled? So I haven't done like a ton of just like your your typical pranks. Like I guess in college, we like I put like Vaseline on some handle, like car handles to get back at some people and like did the whole baby powder underneath the door, that kind of stuff. And like Vaseline on the keypad, like all, all that, that type of stuff. But I'm not even sure if this counts as a prank, but it was just such a it's a, such a great story. And I feel like it kind of falls in line with this. So I'm going to tell it here. When I was back in like seventh or eighth grade, I was a counselor in training CIT at a YMCA day camp. Uh, and for that year, for some reason, it's like the whole for the counselors, it evolved into a, a godfather theme of the, the men versus the women. And there was two rival families. And during one lunch, and it was, and it, the way it turned out, it was all with water balloons too. So like, you would hit, you would like uh, do like sneak attacks with water balloons at different parts of the day. It was just, it was a hell of a summer, great time. And no joke, man, during a lunch break, me and some friends, we pulled off the Godfather bathroom scene where we all had stuff in our, in our we had water balloons in our lunch boxes. And I went to go to the bathroom. I brought my lunch box in and I came out with water balloons and just started chucking them at the, the, the other, the female CITs and, oh, the anger, the rage. I think one of them attacked me with a metal bat afterwards. She, she was pretty pissed. Uh, it was oh, dude, it was it was unbelievable. So that was I'm not sure if that counts as a prank, but it, 
it's in the spirit of a prank, and it was it was a great all time summer moment for me growing up. I really had a lot of fun with that. So that's my, that's my little story. The fact you guys had a like a Godfather theme in seventh grade is pretty amazing. Love that. <laughs> um, that's like you guys shouldn't know that reference at that point, but that's awesome. oh, I was like that was the summer I was like going into eighth grade. That was the summer where I, I was like I like discovered all the gangster movies and i just like started watching them binging them so oh yeah, yeah, it was dude. Awesome. yeah yeah first time i watched goodfellas it was still my favorite movie all right mine it actually takes place when dave and i were friends and uh well we were we are friends <laughs> wait we wait started. you keep talking about your championships i'm not so sure yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if that's if that's a deal breaker then it's been a good ride bro uh so all right i'll see you guys next week no i'm just kidding. <laughs> so it was during our days where we worked together and j pal was involved in this one so we used to frequent the local watering hole owens and there was a particular bartender who we were friends with and we were working with one of our female uh, co-workers. Um, he asked for her number, and we thought it was a great idea to give him my number as her number. So we convinced her to give him my number as her number. And this bartender was somebody we were friendly with. So he kept texting us, and like Jay Powell and I were at home and because we lived together at that point, and we're just carrying on this conversation. And he kept doing this thing with, you know, option A or option B. So we just kept choosing option D and just always saying there's always an option D. <laughs> so we had this conversation <laughs> going on for like a couple of days. And then I feel like three days into it, we just like went to the bar when we knew he was working. And we had to tell him and he was pissed. <laughs> but yeah, then, dude, I bet he was pissed. <laughs> but we were like, oh. we were like, we're like, bro, like, relax. I'm like, one, we saved you some, saved you some headache. <laughs> all right. And two, <laughs> all right. I think you know who I'm talking about already. And then two, it was, it's just a good humor, man. And he was totally cool. All right. He got a good tip uh, that night. I, dude. Do you remember that? Dude, I, I remember the story around it, man. Uh, I just, it brings me back to, man, how I just love a local watering hole, man. Like having my type of bar, Owens was my bar at the time. When you and I, when we met up, last time we met in person, Todd, was at Owens. And it's like 10 years since we worked there. So uh, pretty cool, man. All right. Take one. The AJ Dillon hype train. Well, it's not as much of a hype train since we know Aaron Jones should be back. All right. So I do have a cool association with AJ Dillon, though. I live in a very rural part of Massachusetts, and he happened to play at a school only 10 minutes from my house. So he was originally committed to Michigan. He saw the size. I had to go see him. And what I saw was this massive athlete who literally threw an 18-year-old pretty good-sized safety across his body without breaking stride. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, ended the game with just under 200 yards rushing and four TDs. Best high school player I've ever seen. So enough of story time. All right. We know Jones went down. You love high school student story time. I do love high school story time. It's a good time. It's a time when it was simpler and dominance was quite dominance. So <laughs> um, Aaron Jones will be back after the bye. You know, everyone really thought Dylan's getting handed the keys uh, when they drafted in the second round. And then they re-signed Aaron Jones. 
really like interesting move by the Packers. Dylan cashed in with two TDs last week, which I feel like people are got really carried away with the two TDs because they're from two and three yards out. His longest run in the day was seven yards. So Dylan's been like solid as the second rusher in the pack attack. And he is averaging 8.4 carries to Jones's 12.9. So it's not an even split, but it's not like a huge discrepancy between those two. And he actually has 20 rushing first downs. And Jones has 26. So he's very involved in the run attack. Though his receiving upside's lacking, we should temper our expectations because, you know, he's only averaging 1.8 targets. However, he did have a four-target game this year, so given the opportunity, he could surprise us, but not banking on that. The, the King Henry comparisons have to stop. Like, I get them. I get why it's such an easy thing to do, but let's stop it. And a Yahoo report, Yahoo, had him as a top five possibly top three back the rest of the year. What a wild overreaction that is. And he's been playing quite a bit at this point. He's been solid, but not great. So that's just getting way ahead of yourself over an injury, right? I would call for you to play doing as, you know, your RB2 with Jones out, but he isn't exactly in any cupcake matchups like the rest of the way, except for the Bears. And maybe the Browns, if they play like they did against Stevenson. But I have to say, Dylan is just turning into an unbelievably overrated dynasty asset. With, like, Jones's contract, this is just ridiculous. He's, he's Matson with quad, with better quads, man. That's it. And nothing against Matson's quads. I'm just assuming they're not as nice as Dylan's. Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd. How the turntables have turned, my friend. How the turntables have turned? Yes, yes. That's a reference waka, waka, to... Waka, waka, waka. There we go. There we go. Waka, waka. I want to say too, like, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I was the one of the biggest complaints I had with AJ Dillon coming out was his lack of receiving ability. But I think he's actually shown us something, Todd. He actually gets targeted on a per route basis higher than Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones gets targeted 0.21 times per route. Uh, AJ Dillon 0.24 times per route, which is that's actually pretty significant when we're talking about that. And so to say, like, and I know this is like hard for listeners to like, you know, math, but. Essentially, Dylan runs about forty percent of the routes that AJ Dillon or that uh, Aaron Jones does in a game. Let's say for the season, just say not. Let's not like do a one for one thing, but just let's double Aaron jo- or AJ Dillon's routes, and he's at like three point eight targets per game. Let's just say like almost four, not quite. You know, a little more than three. So in between the three and four target range per game, and that's significant for a guy who he's not even getting a ton of touches Todd and he's had like what five six games or 50 scrimmage yards so he's I agree he's not he's not Alvin Kamara but he's not like a early career Derrick Henry either who wasn't getting any targets whatsoever now Derrick Henry this season was getting a lot more targets but you know three to four targets per game for a guy who could be getting 20 carries a game is significant and I'm I have Aaron AJ Dillon everywhere Todd this season uh in every draft besides one draft because uh, a listener slash patron uh, sniped him from me in a draft. I have him everywhere in every single league. And this is, it's all wheels up. We've been waiting for, this is what you've been waiting for. And I, and he's, I think he, I think Todd, I think he's an RB one until Aaron Jones comes back. That's how, because he's going to get, I think at least 15 weighted opportunities per game between targets and uh, rush attempts. And he's going to get the goal. Like he's going to get the red zone work, which is incredibly valuable. 
And I mean, I don't think Patrick Taylor is stealing, tar- uh, stealing anything from him. So uh, yeah, I'll take the number one running back attached to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay, the Green Bay defense, man. For like one or two games. For one or hey, dude, that's the but when you when you draft a backup running back in you know the rounds eight plus, that's what you're that's what they're there for, especially in dynasty. And, and Aaron Jones has been it's been tough to pick his flex worthy games because he hasn't you know he's had some fl- a lot of flops, but he's had some okay like three or four games over 15 fancy or over 10 fancy points. So he's had some flex worthy games, but it's been very tough to pick them out. Uh, but this is he's been this is what the this is what you carry these backups who given an opportunity become workhorses. And that's what AJ Dillon does, man. So I, I, I do agree with what you're the, the premise, of what you just said, but like, this is also like Aaron Jones. We're getting in the season where wins are huge, Todd, in the fantasy season, Aaron Jones for two or three weeks that or Aaron, I keep saying a your Aaron Jones instead of AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon for two or three weeks is Ash. It could be huge for fantasy for fantasy purposes. And I'm going to take that. I'm going to take 20 fantasy points of potential from from AJ Dillon. I, I mean, I'm just not going to go with the QB, the RB one piece. I'm saying there's potential there. He's more of like a high RB two for me. But the other thing too, though, is, is that like, I don't agree with making a move on. So like I, I did draft AJ Dillon and Jones and Scott Fishbowl, but that's a massive tournament. And like, I saw some standalone value with even being able to play them both to a certain degree at that, like, kind of a late piece. But I, I'm pretty sure if I had to go back and look at that draft, because there was, like, the ambiguous situations were kind of drying up at that point. And I'd rather be looking at those situations where a guy can emerge, you know? He's not he's not going to come over Aaron Jones. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, Aaron Jones I agree. Is, I agree. Aaron Jones is just too good of a football player. And the Packers know it, and they paid him as such. So I feel like, yep, you're investing in a guy that you're waiting for the better player to get hurt. It's literally Matson. It's Matson Cook. You know what I mean? And people who have Matson should have sold him a while ago because it, I just don't see that coming to fruition. Like I feel like I I would be trying to move Dylan if he blew up after two games and just trying to see what I could get for him. If I, if his value mat like kind of rises a little bit, I just don't see a very bright future outside of these couple of weeks. So the difference between AJ Dillon and Alexander Masson for me is Todd is that AJ Dillon, despite Aaron Jones has not missed a game yet, that I, if I'm pretty sure, Aaron Jones has played every game. AJ Dillon has had six games over ten touches. Alexander Masson has three, and I think all of those, or at least two of those, with Dalvin Cook out. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like you know what? That I like to me, it's just kind of like, yeah. Dylan gets more work, and Dylan is a better player. And I think more of the point is, is that Matson was doing similar things as a backup for Cook for a while too. The kind of work that Dylan's getting when Jones is healthy, that's not going to change. That's still like he, he's like it's almost like he's passing the expectation in that. You know what I mean? So like he's he's getting steady work, but like he, his ceiling is cap because of the existence of Jones. So like yes, enjoy these couple of weeks, and then after these couple of weeks, he blows up. Sell him to somebody who's going to believe that he's going to be something more because he's not. That's Todd, what it is. I have my rainbow colored glasses on because I <laughs> I literally in every single league I have him like in seven places. I started him every game this week, so I have my rainbow colored glasses on. 
You can't talk. I I cannot be reasoned with. Oh, uh, okay. I cannot let's be move on. With right now. Let's let's move on to the next one. This is Rondell Moore all over again as the Y two in rookies. Oh, let, yeah. Uh, let's talk. Oh, oh, your next time, nope, Rondell Moore. Let's no, nope, no, it's not Rondell Moore. I had oh, enough oh. of that. I had oh, enough okay. of that nonsense last week. I even told you about him before anybody else. Good lord, you ruined him for me. Ruined him for me, David. Uh, I I you know what's funny? I can just, I can see his eyes. I don't even have a picture. I can just I'm looking into the darkness. I can just see his eyes turn back at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. What are we? What's the next topic? <laughs> and you digs it. Stefan Diggs comes to life. Uh, check him his best game of the year. 13 targets, 8 catches, 162 yards, and a TD. Currently, the wide receiver 12 in PPR, which is still a little disappointing for Diggs owners. Uh, he hasn't been awful. He's been reliable, just not a stud. Uh, at least eight targets in every game but two. So there's plenty of work. He has only four games with 10 yards or better per target, which is very surprising for such a dynamic player. So the question begs, is there a buy window emerging? Is he worth the investment? I say not yes. After that, not after that week, Todd. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was saying. It was more like, but the other thing, though, too, is, is that, like, people might be more willing to move a guy after it blows up. I don't think that his value is still at preseason levels. Do you think that, Dave? Do you think he's at preseason trade value right now? No, because, no. Correct. So. Now people might be like willing to move him because, oh, he had a big game. I can cash out. You're still going to get him at a price that was cheaper than preseason. So he's at least been reliable. And he clearly has top five potential. Clearly. However, I do not like Buffalo's run the rest of the year. It's a pretty tough stretch. As an actual football team, they'll be fine. I'm saying for fantasy matchups, it's not great. You know? So that's something to consider. But maybe this is the breakout that just digs managers winning. He's a very tough guy to kind of put your finger on like where he lies in the landscape right now. So I'm still a believer at Diggs, and he's still the wide receiver 12 while underperforming. That's something to keep in mind here. So the targets are there. The t- he's always four touchdowns on the year. Four. So like that's another factor. Like they just haven't been there. They should. I like I expect this second half that he, he has some tougher matchups, but something's got to give, man. You know? But yeah, it, he, he's a really difficult guy to kind of like place right now. Stephanie's still a top 10 wide receiver for me. And he's a guy that was probably top five on a ton of boards going in the preseason. So there's a discount to be said there. However, the thing that sucks the most is they play the Jets in week 18. God, that's got to hurt if you own digs. Like, just <laughs> couldn't he just been week 17, you know? But yeah, man. So you survive all season with intermittent opportunity and then week 17 it's jets week but no week eight exactly man so what's your take on Diggs? well so he was the white like he was so todd he was the wide receiver 20 in weeks one through nine uh in points per game uh prior to his week 10 explosion and uh he this was down from so over this time so in weeks one through nine he was at 10 targets per game uh last season but in weeks one through nine he was down to nine targets per game. And last season in his big, you know, his big wide receiver, top three wide receiver season, he was 
had a 30% target share. And this year, up until week nine, he had a 25 or a 24% target share. So definitely things were not the same from last year. And one of the biggest things that we saw, Todd, is not only was his volume down, but the quality of his volume. His catchable target uh, percentage last season was 83%. So an 83% of all of his targets were catchable last season from Josh Allen. This year, 10% dropped to 73% uh, to catchable target rate. That's significant. That's like, that's, that's, that explains why he was at wide receiver 20 up until his big game this week. And now he's up to wide receiver 12 and not higher because just the quality of his targets are down. His overall target share of the offense is down. And, and it's not pretty, Todd. But what we saw from last week is when the, when Josh Allen plays at the level that he should, that he has played at the, at the, in the past and hey, what he should be playing at, uh, Diggs is still dominant. And uh, he's still like, I don't think Diggs has gotten worse. I know he's getting a little bit older for some people. Uh, age 27 season this year. I, I don't think he, he's not, his, tar- his talent has not decreased. He's not gotten complacent whatsoever. And like you said, he's up to wide receiver 12 now. Uh, hopefully, you know, Buffalo squand- hasn't looked great at times the last couple of weeks. Maybe they need to get back to, instead of worrying about Emmanuel Sanders and some other pieces on that offense, Maybe they should be worrying, targeting uh, Diggs a little bit more. And I, I'm actually ready for a big last stretch of the season, uh, Diggs explosion. Uh, unfortunately, it's tough to go get him right now like because of this explosion, like uh, his Week 10 performance here. But yeah, he's, he's still got it, Todd. It just comes down to the quality of his targets. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think we're seeing going to see a thirty percent target share rest of the season. Do but you you're still going to see twenty five percent plus with Allen going forward is repeatable, or did we see? Are, are are we chasing that? Well, it was a tale of two seasons, uh, uh, not uh, two rivals, uh, you, but a tale of two seasons you, last year for uh, Allen. Down the uh, the first half of the season, salty minx. <laughs> yeah, salty dog. Yeah, that was yes, creepy. Yes, that was yes, creepy. Yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it, like it it was a first. Yeah, I, I I can go creepy. I can go full creep if I need to. But anyway, first part of the season for Diggs was good, but not great. The second half was legendary. I think now that you know the Patriots are putting a little pressure on the on on Buffalo, you got to lean on your your studs. And I think uh, D- I think Diggs has a big second half ahead of him. Uh, that so yeah, I I, I don't think do I see it. I think he has a big second half. It just depends how he can get. I love it. I'm still still there, too. I just thought the explosion just felt time to talk about him, you know? All right. Kirk Cousins and his dynasty 100%. 100%. I love this quarterback. I love his value. That's why I love Kirk Cousins. I love his value, (laughs) right? He's not going to blow up most weeks, but he's just solid. Solid as solid can come. But I just can't trust him long term. That's crazy. Currently, the QB 9, which would be his highest finish in four seasons. QB 11 in 2020, QB 15 in 2019, QB 13 in 2018. Is he in the Vikes' long-term plans? My guess is probably not. Munn's in the, uh, Kellen Munn in the third? Very telling and very weird, and it was a terrible pick for the record. All right? But Cousins has been very efficient this year, and he has in past years. But the Vikes do need to change this up somehow to get to that next level. So that would be what I would do. 
like part <laughs> of the coach. Right. I, I, I think that <laughs> it's not necessarily Cousins, but I also don't think that Cousins, I, I kind of feel the same way with Derek Carr and like guys like that. It's kind of like they're good. You could win a Super Bowl with them, but they're not going to elevate you. You know, they're like excellent game managers, you know? So with Cousins, I do think they move on from him. Kellen Munn, I don't think is the next QB. I thought that was a terrible wasted pick. I think it's going to be somebody else. However, this is the part I think that's overlooked with Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the starting QB in the NFL. And he's an ideal candidate to sign with a contender. Because that's how I wrote it. Contender. Not contender. I wrote contender. So <laughs> with a contender who needs a veteran QB upgrade. Or like a replacement in the future for a guy that might have retired. Green Bay, Pitt, Tampa Bay. These are all guys that are the easiest ones to come to mind. That Kirk Cousins actually makes so much sense sliding those situations in. You know, 2022, he's, after that season, he's a free agent. And I do not see him coming back to Minnesota. So that's the thing with Cousins is, this year and next year, he's going to be the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. That's that's a fact. So you got this window and next year's like this year and next year is a window but then beyond that it gets a little murky but i'm confident that he still can be a starting quarterback on a good team and he makes so much sense in those situations i also think that cousins could be your qb1 and you want a championship fantasy football because if you did that that means that you should be built well everywhere else and kirk cousins is that reliable and consistent so i feel like with him he's probably oh i don't know like, I'll have to look at my rankings, but I want to say, like, low teens probably for me. But, yeah. And, like, low I'm teens? still okay with that Woo. with him, you know? And I love that value with him. I am at 19. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. I'm at, like, low right, That's not low teens. Like, that's high teens. My bad. So. <laughs> I was like, no. what, 13, I feel like even 14? There, I was like, like Jesus. I feel like there's, there's so much talent at that position. You don't, like, if if you had Cousins and, like, Carson Wentz, you could win a Superflex title. You could. Because that means that you waited and you built in other places. It's possible, you know? But the point is, is I bet you could. I bet you could. But that just means that you're well-built at wide receiver. Like, we tell people that's where you win, you know? So if you got stacked there and you just freaking hit it by, like, playing those other positions safer, yeah, that's the way you could get it done, man. But... All I'm trying to say is that Kirk Cousins' dynasty value is very perplexing. And I think that if you're willing to take the risk at what life will be like after Minnesota, whew, that, that's the ultimate risk reward because you could hit and it could be nice. Or you could be just be investing in a backup quarterback. Davey, what are your thoughts on Cousins' dynasty value? So his dynasty value is interesting, Todd, but just looking at this season, I wanted to look at his the the QB metrics like here about like CPOE, which is completion per, completion percentage over expected, uh, EPA per dropback, uh, those kind of numbers because those efficiency numbers really are sticky. And he in, in everything that I really care about, he is the it, within the eight to ten range in across the board as far as QB efficiency metrics that you should be caring about, which is freaking solid, rock solid. He's having a great season, Todd. And one thing I'm looking back at looking at Kirk Cousins is since he's been in Minnesota, he's done a great job not throwing interceptions. And he's only thrown two this season. I think he's 18 touchdowns, two TDs. That kind of ratio is huge 
And that matters a lot for fantasy football when you don't, you're not having negative plays, fumbles, interceptions. That matters a lot for your, your final, your QB ranks. And so he's having a big season. And one of the biggest reasons for that, Todd, this has been a big jump in pass times per game. He's up to 38 per, or 80, 38 pass times per game this season, which the last two seasons in 2019 and 2020, he was at like 31, 32 pass times per game. And then his first year in, in, in Minnesota, he was at around this mark here. So I think there's been a huge increase in volume, which has helped him significantly. And he's maintains that efficiency I talked about earlier. He's maintaining it. So, and that's the thing about when you target a Kirk Cousins, a Matt Ryan in, in former years, Matthew Stafford in other years, when you target these mid-QB2s and the volume hits and they maintain their efficiency, you get that low-end QB1 type numbers. And that's what QB, Kirk Cousins is doing right now. What does that mean for his dynasty value? Unfortunately, he falls in this range of, I have to rank him against Tom Brady. Uh, Derek Carr. <laughs> I have to look at my notes. Actually, I have to rank him against Brady, Rogers, Tannehill, and Derek Carr. And Derek Carr's three years younger. I'm going to take Brady Rogers. And I, unfortunately, even though Tannehill's been hit or miss this season, I'm, th- I'm going to take Tannehill because his. It, I think he's like like a 19 QB 19 QB 20 for me as well, Todd. Despite him having such a great season this year, but this is why you invest in these like this range of QBs because if things hit right and the volume goes like uh, that's what happens. And what great. T- what I actually wanted to mention too, Todd, usually like the Matt Ryan's or Matthew Stafford's, they have this high TD rate that really carries them into this high, this low end QB one range, not Matthew, not Kirk cousins because his T rate is like 5.1%, which is right in the, in that, that normal zone. So He's not even getting like lucky, Todd. He's just being very efficient on his on his higher volume this year, and we're seeing a very special season. The thing is, is Todd is when Kirk Cousins moves on, this might be his best weapons: Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. If he moves somewhere else, is he going to have better weapons? So it's tough to really get too far behind him in dynasty. Yeah, and that's I why he lines 19, the QB nineteen have, twenty. Range. So this is my tier. So he's in a tier with Brady and Rodgers. That's it. And then right above that, at the end of the tier before, is Tannehill. And I actually have David Carr at 25. I just, I find him to be more realistically out of a job than Cousin. That's just. Yeah, dude, it's so, Derek yeah, Carr is so I, hard. because it, He's so. Yep, 100%. He's the perpetual like low-end QB2 like in Dynasty. I'd rather pay up a little bit more for Cousins because I have more belief in that. You know? So, like. But that's the thing, though. Like, I feel like Cousins is the kind of guy that, like, you look to target as your QB, too, because he's so damn cheap, and he's going to be solid, you know? And, yes. Kirk Cousins is a better NFL QB. Type. And that's Kirk why Cousins he'll still have a, a better job. than Derek Carr that's is a better NFL still have QB. A job. That, flat that's up. the point. This is Right. He's only 33, Todd. He's got three, four, five, three four years younger plus years if left. we're like in the early 30s of like a QB, man. That doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? Because also you're talking about when you're comparing him to Carr, you're talking about him compared to a guy that I'm not even sure if he's going to have a fucking job after this year. You know what I mean? Dude, 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 Todd, three, four, five years from now, 
Lil Dave and and Jackson might be co-hosts of Tales of Rivals. Jackson's Who the already, knows what's man, happening just in three, like, four, just five years. snagging the mic, trying to be like, hey, man, I'm talking more and more every day. Like, I'm about to take this, Dad. So, uh, yeah, man, so good stuff. All right, ran a little long, Davey. Tell them where they can find you. <laughs> oh, we'll edit this down to 30 minutes. No problem. Uh, f- <laughs> find me at FF underscore Spaceman on the tweet machine. Find me, you know, find me or Todd at Tale Two Rivals on the Twitter as well. Hit me up at Patreon at, on my Patreon, and um, I'll be honest. Find me at DLF on the off season. It's not happening the rest of the season. I, I, I too much stuff's going on. Uh, but hopefully DLF will take me back when uh, the off season. Honestly, happening. you can find me here uh, at a Tale Two. But yeah, Todd, where can they find you? Where my sir? heart is, I will never stop doing this. At the end of the day, this is what makes fantasy football the most fun for me: is being able to every week come down here. And come on here and talk with Dave. Like, just to do this with one of my best friends is just unbelievable. So, find me here. However, <laughs> there is not a gin tear running down my cheek. Oh, right man. Your there custom cabins look great. Uh, so... <laughs> However, you can't find myself over at the IDP, guys. And, like Dave said, with life, like, I'm not as active over there because I got to prioritize my family and my and other things in life. If you have something. Dynasty, C2C, I even IDP. I know enough about that. Hit me up on Twitter, man. Just like have a dialogue with me. I'm more than happy to make a connection and have that conversation. That's what I miss. I miss just being able to banter with people. Like you don't need to go find myself here and here. Just send me a message on Twitter and we can talk, man. You want my opinion? Let me know. Until then, see you later. That was fun, dude.